but I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a what chance to win. Where's this coming from? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. Today is, what is it, Monday, September 25th. It's episode 88. My name's Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto, north of the border. Everett, we have more than half of the Olympic field on the women's side now filled out. We do. The we women's do. Olympic qualifier tournaments are done. Finito. Six bids have been given out in addition to France, the hosts. And si, as kind of as we were hoping for, the last three days of that tournament were absolutely bananas. Yes, that was, absolutely. That was so electric, and I'm so excited to dig into all this. And then we got to preview the men's, which is starting this weekend. But um, as and, for, and North and North Seca Final Six. I know, uh, I know you hate it, but my team bro- won, and I still don't care. What the one thing that was only slightly annoying is that I feel like if you were a, a fan of certain teams in this tournament, you only had to watch the past three days. That's a hundred percent true. You only had to watch the weekend, but of course, my team Canada makes it so all of the all of the their good matches were earlier in the week, and then I had to watch all of the other ones this this weekend as well. Um, but Rob and on, it, and on the other side of the world, <laughs> and and on and on the other side of the world as well. So luckily, my drinking habits do like you do have me up quite late. So uh, <laughs> I was I was able to watch watch quite a few of them. But Rob, that was just a phenomenal end to the international women's volleyball calendar uh, for, for this year. Um, do we just want to jump in right away yep. and, and so, let's just let's just go over the six pe- six teams that won the bids now. Um, we're, yeah, so we're going to do we're going to talk about the two teams from each group that won there that got top two in their pool, got bids. And we're going to talk about the rest of the group. Let's start with the surprise, Everett, the one that neither of us picked and finishing first place in group A, the Dominican Republic come out of nowhere in by far the most difficult group and the Dominican Republic with their only loss of the week being to the Czech Republic. Are we gets, are, gets a bid to the 2024 Olympics? Huge congratulations to the Norseka champions. Uh, you and I did not expect this. This was stunning and very, very impressive. Uh, the Dominican Republic beats Serbia, China, Canada, and the Netherlands. They beat all four of them to go to the Olympics. Are we going? Are we going through the the qualifying teams one by one? We don't just have one uh, one graphic with all, all six. Oh no, we we're going one by one. Okay, one by one. I mean, okay. First and foremost, I don't want to say neither of this. Neither of us picked us as one of our teams, but I did say after the Olympic, after the uh, North Seca Championships, and during our broadcast in West Virginia, Rob, that to me the Dominican Republic was a dark horse. Now. When they lost that first game to the Dominic- to the Czech Republic, I was like, "Oh, baby, let's go, let's go." Yeah, I was Canada I was sharpening my that. knives, and you know what? It's tough because we lost them. What it was like fifteen thirteen in in the fifth, fifteen twelve. Like it was it was a it was a five setter. It, it it went to the limit, and that would have made the difference for Team Canada. Um, and I was I was kind of thinking like, "Yo, if Dominicans out here losing to Czech Republic." They've they've almost lost to us. They might go zero and three in the last last three games. They might lose to the Netherlands. They might lose to China, and they might lose to Serbia. But instead, 
when I watched them, they won that. They won the first set against Serbia, and Serbia came back and won the second, and then they won the third. And when I when I watched them win against Serbia, I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" That not not exact same thing. Not only whoa in terms of like how they did it, but also whoa, like that's a big dagger, a big dagger for 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 Canada. It's really too bad that we weren't able to get like sneak away, sneak off with that win against the Dominican Republic. Like it, had we had we won that game, right? We would have got two points from that. We would have we we would have gone through, right? Because we were only one point behind Serbia. We beat Serbia, wh- whatever. But I do think that the Dominican Republic fully earned this. They were, especially over the course of this weekend, they were the best team consistently in this pool. And this is the this is a much better version of the Dominican Republic than we saw even earlier this summer at the VNL. They were they were phenomenal. The past month for them has been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, it's been incredible. They've they've elevated themselves into a tier of global women's volleyball that I did not think that they could, especially not at this point. I mean, we it has to be said that Brenda Castillo has to be the best libero in the world. In the world. In like, the world. And Rob, like when I was in Quebec City, I was messaging you being like, dude, like Brenda, watching her in person is so next level so next level the reads that she makes just the confidence that she has on the floor and also her just her her demeanor with her teammates is so much fun to watch there is no doubt about it in my mind that she is the best libero in the world and it's not even close yeah it's 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 not even close it was it it was it was awesome um to, to watch but the rest of that dominican team too they're so physical oh yeah so so physical the martinez sisters Man, Gonzalez, like it, like uh, the the list goes on and on, and it, they're so so deep. So honestly, big ups to the Dominican Republic. They more than anyone, I think, right now, like they 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 earned this. It was the tough pool. C was like the toughest pool, I would say, in terms of of top to bottom. And they came out to play. They only lost one game, and it was to a nothing team. And they went out and beat the top two seeds in the pool. 100% all kudos goes to the Dominican Republic. Yeah, this was the this was the hardest pool by far. And then after losing to like it was interesting the way that the schedule shaked out and I was figuring this out kind of as the tournament was going on. It's going to be the same for the men's. We can talk about it later, but like the the seed kind of like the seed where you got in the pool really had a lot to do with what your schedule was. Like Canada for example was the 5 seed in the pool. Mm-hmm. They were but the the only 5 seed in any of the pools that was remotely competitive or like had a chance to qualify, which is to Canada's credit. But because of that, that's kind of like like you said, that only in those last three days were the top four teams playing each, each other. other. Yeah. Right. So after the Dominican Republic lost to the Czech Republic on day one. I, like, I had them written off. Same. Because that because their their hardest volleyball was still ahead of them yet at that yep. point. And they had to play Canada, who's like who's by far the hardest five seed in the tournament. And they, they beat him in five and then rolled through Ukraine and Mexico. But then not only did they beat Serbia, China, and Netherlands in a row, and the, the Netherlands match had its own interesting kind of scenario. They beat Serbia and China both for three points. Yeah. They beat, they, beat, they beat Serbia in four. They beat China in four in China. Like six points from those two teams that are both like, they were our two favorites to make it out of this pool. And then it, the the way that it worked out with the Netherlands match on day seven was that all Dominican needed was to win two sets. As soon as they yep. won two sets, they were in. They went up two to one. They ended up winning the match in five, but it, it, it didn't really matter except like maybe for ranking points. But uh, yeah, once they went up two to one, it was over. They their their bid was theirs. But it was those those Serbia and China wins were like program defining wins for that team. Honestly, like 
I thought with especially the decline over the years of Bethania de la Cruz, that this team was going to kind of fizzle out, that they've had their decade. And we've seen that with, with a few different programs o- over this, this course of time now where they, they, they had their decade and now they're kind of fizzling out. This younger generation that's coming up for the Dominican Republic is so damn good. They're really this, good. This, this, is, this is a team that we really need to watch. And yeah, like it's, it, it is what it is. They're, they're, they're just really good. They deserve all of it. They, they absolutely do. And uh, speaking of teams that are really good and deserve all of it, congratulations to Serbia. Uh, no surprise here. Serbia was on paper the best team in this pool. They played for most of the tournament like the best team in this pool. Um, they ended up finishing in second only because they had the bid locked up after day six. So mm-hmm. their, their match against China was totally meaningless for Serbia actually ended up helping China a lot in the rankings after a pretty rough tournament. But uh, Serbia was one of two teams only to get bids after day six. They, uh, day seven didn't end up mattering to them. That's how good yeah. Serbia was in the hardest pool. Um, their only loss was, their only real loss was to the Dominican Republic. I mean, they, they beat everybody else pretty convincingly. Uh, they beat Canada in, in a 3-0. They beat the Netherlands. What was the score of that one? Uh, I think they got three points from that one as well. Um, I'm looking it up right yeah, now. Yeah, they beat three, the three down the next three nothing, three nothing. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, Czech, Ukraine, Mexico. Yeah, no problem. So like, the, Serbia steamrolled their way through. The, as as, 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 to be as they should, they, they as should to be expected. As to be expected. I mean, this is a team that really fizzled out during the VNL, but they bounced back nicely. I think Guidetti's done a good job uh, with this with this roster. I mean, hey, they steamrolled us uh, oh. when they played us, especially that second yeah. set. Like it, it wasn't even close. Um, but yeah, big up. Honestly, big ups for Serbia. Um, just looking at it now, even if had if Canada had won uh, that third set against the Dominican Republic, I don't know if we had gone through because the Serbia's set ratio was seventeen to seven, whereas ours was seventeen to eleven. Had that changed, it would have been eight. You know, yeah. But I mean, Serbia. Survey deserves it through and through. I mean, I don't even think we need to talk about it. No, it's, it's, it's it's more of a it's a more yeah. of a relief than anything. Oh, that, yeah. That Serbia is still Serbia and that this team is still world class, especially with Guidetti at the helm. Like this team yeah. is still a still, in my opinion, opinion, it's still a medal contender for sure. Oh, 100 uh, percent. Yeah. Comparison the summer. There's there's I think there's two classes of teams that, that were playing this past week. There are the ones that it would have been insane if they did not qualify. And the Olympic qualifier tournament is only a step along the way to their ultimate goals of Olympic medals. And that, I think like a Serbia, USA, Turkey, a, um, and then you can kind of debate who else is in that category. But like a team like Serbia, it should never have been in doubt that they were going to get a bid through this tournament. And it wasn't. So like that, that's I, I, I accomplished for them. I would disagree. I think there's three tiers. I think there's the teams that are going to the Olympics and are, are medal contenders. I think there's the teams that are on the cusp. And then the, I think that the teams that were just there for fun. <laughs> oh, right. as, as, as for Olympic qualifiers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. Have, Half the teams in the tournament had no business being there, and I think we can we should talk about that maybe a little bit more. But the um, like as as for the teams that are that will end up going to the Olympics, I think oh, yeah. there's, it's happy well, to be there in medal contenders. Yeah, there's going to be well, there's going to be three tiers because there's going to be a terrible African team that goes, and that mm-hmm. team will tr- will truly only be happy to be there. But uh, yeah, Serbia is is a legitimate medal contender for the Olympics. There's no question about it. Um, they have one of the best players on the planet. And Tiana Boscovich that in women's volleyball now, kind of the fact of the matter is that if you want to contend for major international medals, you need a player like that. And they have one. 
and we've seen Boscovich carry them to to major tournament wins before. And they have a good cast of characters everywhere else. They're excellent in the middle. They have two good setters, and Dercha didn't even play this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so she'll be back. They have at least three, I would say four, pretty good outside hitters. Like Serbia is going to be very scary, and that shouldn't okay. surprise anyone. So congratulations yeah. to them. They're the two-time defending world championships champions, like right, right. That's, that's that's enough said. All right, Rob, let's move on over to. Oh yeah. Oh no, we we got we got more to talk about in this pool because oh, we're we're oh we're going about pool by pool. Okay. Yeah, because there there are three other teams in this pool that had well shots to qualify. I'd say two of them had good weeks. One of them did not. That would be China. I think China is pretty disappointing. But I I think we need to talk about China right now. I think that was it. that was a terrible, really terrible bad. output by China. Very like, bad. But losing losing as much as they did and realistically they should have they should have been three and four for the week because they should have lost the, to serbia as well if serbia hadn't just yep, thrown, serbia. thrown that like they didn't care they right. pulled the france probably the way the night before and probably went out in shanghai um <laughs> china like what happened like there's no i still don't know how they beat canada i, I sorry i still don't know how we beat china yeah like, we were talking was, about that on our last show and i still don't understand how that happened <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um, They were just, they were so reliant on um, Li Yingying and no one else was really able to score for them. But also like, it didn't seem like playing at home affected them at all. It didn't seem like it mattered to them at all. Like they didn't, to me, they just didn't look like they were playing with any pride until the end when it was too late. Yeah. That's that. That's the disappointing part is because during VNL when they took silver out of nowhere earlier this summer, right? Like they, they were, were playing, with, and they were playing with so much pride. Like they, the 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 body language and the the eye test, it was it was night and day different in a bad way for this tournament because they were playing at home. They had a great chance to go back to the Olympics. Where I mean, let's be serious. The Chinese women have. When was the last time they even missed the Olympics? They have been a mainstay. Like obviously, Long Ping is one of the great coaches of all time. She's moved on, but the like Chinese women's volleyball for them to even potentially not qualify for the Olympics, and I still think that they will. But like that would that would be insane for that program. They they it would they've always always been an Olympic mainstay, and they, they had a golden opportunity to qualify at home and just did not show up. They lost to Canada. They lost to Netherlands. They lost to the Dominican Republic three in a row with a day off in between at home like that is just not and that's not those are th- those are three teams that on paper they should not be losing to no definitely right? those not. are those are three teams on paper that that should they should not be losing to uh real quick china's olympic record for the women um their first ever olympics was 84 uh in the united states um did not participate pre- prior to that maybe it's a political reason i don't know however rob their worst ever finish at the olympics did come in 2021 in tokyo and that was a ninth right yeah um, it didn't make uh, it out of pools other other than that like other than that there was a seventh in in uh, 92 but they have three golds two bronzes and a silver uh since 84 they've hands down been one of the most dominant programs in women's volleyball it's them in Brazil, ever right it, ever ever yeah. so but you were seeing a serious decline right now um not only is their superstar li ying ying i think she's really good but she's just not She's not up there as as well as much as the other superstars in the world. Boscovich, Vargas, like yeah, no, she's not yeah. in that tier. Bro, I don't, even, I don't even think she's up there with like the Alexa Grays of of the world. Maybe not. Maybe that's maybe that's a that's a maybe that... maybe that's a stretch. But like they just don't have the rest of the team around really, or they didn't for this tournament. 
which is is mind blowing. It seems to me it, what it looked like is every team took every team that in that pool, Netherlands, Canada, Dominican, all took big steps forward from since the end of VNL. And all th- like you look at the Netherlands getting a third of your Euros, obviously Canada, Dominican, we've we've talked about them, whereas China just stayed the same. I, I would say China took a step back. I mean, at, yeah. at, at if you're not VNL, if you're not moving forward, you're moving back. That's true. I and mean, VNL, I mean, China was beating all three of those sorts of teams: Dominican, Netherlands, Canada, easily. And like, got they got all the way to the playoffs. They got all the way to the final, and then just kind of laid down and died at home in an Olympic qualifier. It was very, very disappointing for sure. And they uh, they ended up not doing Canada any favors because that's kind of what Canada really needed to qualify. Like. Canada needed to go. We can talk about Canada a bit. Canada needed to go nine and zero against the bad teams: Ukraine, we Czech did. Republic, Mexico, and they did uh, nine nine and zero in points. I mean, uh, so like they got nine points. Czech mission accomplished. Uh, they needed Serbia to go undefeated the rest of the way. That didn't happen uh, with the loss of the Czech Republic, and then the the one at the end of like the last one to China didn't end up mattering. It was over at that yeah. point. But what? Uh, what Canada really needed was for China to not go zero and three, like or not go zero and two against Netherlands and Dominican Republic. And what what Canada really needed was Serbia to sweep those three teams, right? And then those three teams to trade five set losses. That's that was that was basically the scenario for. Or to even for, just like beat each other in a triangle, whatever whatever it ended up being. But China going zero and two, and Dominican Republic going two and zero against those three teams in the middle that that was kind of the death blow but uh everett this i mean canada missed out on qualifying by one point as a five by seed. by, by that, hair as a five seed and then when you look at that too like basically the, the, the where it came down to was losing to the dominican republic in that five setter yep. um which which don't get me wrong that's a dagger that's that's an absolute dagger. The fact that we went zero and three against the Dominican Republic this summer um, is is a heartbreaker. Considering I think we won two matches against them last year, and it really gave me a lot of hope. Um, but I just think that this Dominican team did take a step forward. But I'm massively proud of how this Canadian team um, played. For sure, uh, it's it's once again another massive step forward. Beating a team like the Netherlands, who just got third at, at Eurovolley and is ranked higher than us. Um, that that was a massive step forward. Beating a team like China, the the way that they did and and bouncing back like the way that they did throughout that match was was huge. Um, now I'm I'm hesitant to say this, but I do feel like this might be indicative of how this whole Olympic run will go for Team Canada, because right now when you look at the qualification and, and through the standings. It's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be tough. We're still 30 points behind uh, the, the Netherlands. And now that Dominican Republic is, has, uh, has qualified, it's really only between uh, the Netherlands and Canada. And I guess Japan. But even Japan's like 40 points ahead of us. I mean, we, so, so, so I just, it's, I just it's, the rankings it's, up on it's, the screen. It's 20, yeah, I, I saw that. It's 20 points, I guess, between Canada and Netherlands. So it's going to be close. It's going to be real close. But I have, a, I have this terrible feeling in my gut that what happened at this tournament, which is like, we're not just standing on the doorstep. We were about to take a step into the door and the door got slammed in our faces and maybe broke our nose a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what's going to happen uh, for this tournament. But overall, it was a great performance by Team Canada. This team just continues to grow, right? A few years ago when they, when they did their first year at uh, Nations League in the bubble back in Rimini, I could have never imagined that we would be this close to qualifying for the Olympics and going toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the world. So 
a lot of work still needs to be done with this team, and this is still quite a young team when you look at look at it on paper, when you look at some of the talent coming up in the NCAA and U Sports is fantastic, but overall very proud of how this team uh performed through over the course of the week for sure i i mean i'm not even canadian but i've I've loved watching this canadian women's team and their growth and i was proud of them too like the 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 gut check wins that they were able to pull off it was it was a bummer that they they weren't able to get that one more against the dominican republic that would have made a big difference but like the, the fact that canada is even in the mix for olympic qualifying this soon and kind of the building of the program is pretty amazing it just is unfortunately they're in very much in a race against the clock and the clock has a a big head start on them for this olympic cycle I, i i hope that they're able to pull a miracle and we can talk about the the whole ranking picture after we talk about all the pools but yeah. um I'll, I'll, like I'll, ultimately i know that if i call if i called shannon windsor right now we would have a lengthy discussion off the air and then we would have a a, a more measured one on the air but i know she'd be upset and I like my message to them would be like, like, hold your heads high. Oh, this for is a sure. Fantastic summer for Team Canada women's volleyball. Maybe, you know, one of the best ever. I mean, last year, last year's world championship result was fantastic, but it was huge. And like the, watching this team move forward next year is, is very exciting to me. Well said. Uh, last but not least, the Netherlands to talk about in this pool. I mean, they ended up finishing fifth. They had a chance to qualify on day seven. They did. They they needed to beat the Dominican Republic and get three points. If they mm-hmm. beat them in three or four, they would have finished second, and then they would have gotten a bid. And just like from losing and because of how close it was, they drop all the way down to fifth. This, this was a good tournament for the Netherlands. I was never. I think that the Netherlands are kind of a a high floor, low ceiling team. They're they're not gonna mm. they're not gonna play like the Dominican Republic and lose to Czech. Like that's not gonna be a thing that happens to them. Yeah. But do they have the top level firepower to occasionally punch above their weight class i would say no mm-hmm. uh, now that like bronze at Eurovolley was a nice performance they they played in a very undermanned and uh, like it, it, italy that they beat in in that match has has their own problems which we'll talk about later but i yeah. mean the netherlands they lost in five to canada they beat china in five they got three dong by Serbia, and then they they like went down two to one against Dominican Republic, and it was over. So I honestly don't have that much to say about the Netherlands. I think this is a good performance for them. I, I just didn't really ever see them getting a bid in a pool this difficult. No, and I think you're bang on when you said that they're a high floor, low ceiling team, whereas like a team like Canada is a low floor, high, high ceiling, ceiling team. Yep. You know, you don't sometimes you don't know what you're going to get with Canada, <laughs> and I think it's the same with the Dominican. But like when you just look, Rob, at just the stat sheet from the last match against against Serbia, and you look at how it was spread out, like basically every player on this roster except for Laura Dikama got into this match. Like Nova Maring led them in scoring with 11 points. She didn't get subbed into the second set and started the third in a, in a three-set match, right? They just don't have that go-to score. They're really, really good across the board, but they don't have that go-to score, that go-to person to just give a lot of volume to. And right now, that's women's volleyball, right? Yep. Right now, that's women's volleyball. If you don't have an, a, a top number one score, it's going to be hard. You're going to have a hard time winning matches. That's that's exactly it. So uh, not a bad tournament, though, from the Netherlands. I think they... Uh, are about the same spot in the rankings as where they were before, and that's that's going to be key for them trying to qualify for the Olympics. So we'll talk about the rankings in a bit. But this pool was by far the most fun of the three. Mm-hmm. It was electric. It came down to the very very end. Um, congrats again to the Dominican Republic and Serbia. I mean, Dominican in particular, just just an amazing performance. And I'm 
curious to see uh, like how they attack next summer because they're, they're, they have no pressure as far as world rankings go anymore. They can do whatever they want in next year's VNL. Won't matter. It's just all about, no Dominican Republic. Oh, Dominican. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's all, all about for the Dominican Republic. Like, what can they do in VNL? Like, use it however you want to get prepared for Paris. Oh um, man, that's just such a just such a bonus, right? Oh yeah, like, totally. Oh, no uh, more pressure. Any one of our big players? Or any is anyone feeling out? Anyone feeling down? Anyone feeling injured? Okay, I just take VNL off. <laughs> Seriously, take the whole tournament off. Doesn't Send a matter. B team the whole time. Like. Yep. Whatever it's whatever you want to do, it, it's 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 amazing that the position they've put themselves in. Yeah, and, and absolutely. All right, Rob. Now let, let's jump now to Pool B, um, the second pool, and of course the under. Like, can we just call them the undisputed number one team in the world right yep, now? We can because because that, that's what they are. Turkey just looked absolutely fantastic going um, through this one. They only lost three sets the entire tournament. The one, only... to, one to Peru, one to Argentina, <laughs> and one to Japan. Which the is only the only undefeated team in the entire event in any pool. Yep. Uh, not to mention, they got a full three points from everything. Yep, 21 right? points. Tw- 21 points. Um, just absolutely huge. I Honestly, I don't think there's much to say about this there's team not. right now. They're the, they're the best team in the world. Melissa Vargas is, is the best player in the world. They have the best coach in the world. They yep. are riding the biggest tsunami in women's volleyball right now. They are on a 24-foot surfboard, and they are chilling, chilling. You see that little dancing video of them all dancing on the yeah. court uh, after they won? Like, this is a team that, like, just, they're just out there to have some fun, have a good time, bang some balls, let's go! That's what I really liked about about the way that Turkey approached this entire Olympic qualifier is that they looked like they felt no pressure. Mm-hmm. None. Mm-hmm. No pressure. And they were obviously the favorite in this pool. They, they should have gone 7-0, 21 points on paper, and they did. They did not fall into the trap of pressure, of of the schedule of playing Japan and Brazil back to back in Japan. Like just none of that got to them. They were so calm collected. They were, they showed that tournament winning experience. I mean, they, they won VNL, they won euros. And then they just went seven and Olympic qualifiers this summer. They are the best team in the world. And I don't think it's debatable. No, not at all. Right. Any, any there's, there's only a couple of teams right now when they go up against Serbia, they're not, actively pooping their pants right that's 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 really that's really the the way it is but i don't think any team in the world thinks that they can they can match up or have a game plan against or against turkey in this moment not an easy team to game plan against and uh, not an easy coach to try and out coach that's that's the the, clear the biggest difference this summer huge credit to daniele santorelli however they were the, they were also in the easiest pool. Sorry, they were. That that's that is a fair point. They were in the easiest pool by far, and the 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 way that this pool shook out, just like we projected, Everett, it came down to one do or die match: Brazil versus Japan. Congratulations to Brazil. Brazil just, beats they, Japan they keep, in five. These two teams just keep keep providing bangers. That was a banger. They, they just keep <laughs> providing banger. bangers. Whenever I see Brazil versus Japan. Men or women, realistically, I'm a, I'm a watch that. I yeah. know that's I know that's going to be good, and that's exactly what this one was. It was an absolute banger. It kind of gave me World Championship vibes from last year, yep. um, especially just the way uh, that Brazil won at the end of the day. But uh, I was pulling for Japan. I was pulling for Japan. I wanted Japan to win, but uh, unfortunately, it, it wasn't to be in this one. Yeah. Uh, so 
we can revisit our our picks later on. Ever this is where I got you. Ne- neither of us, neither of us this picked. You got me. Yeah. Neither of us picked the Dominican Republic. You and I both picked Serbia, China. You and I both picked USA and Poland. But uh, you picked Turkey and Japan. I picked Turkey and Brazil. I was right by the narrowest of margins. The uh, narrowest of margins. Yeah. Th- this, but this match was a banger. It, it was. Banger. It was good to see Brazil respond and, and play a little bit more like the Brazil we were expecting. I did not think they had a very good summer. I, I didn't really like what I saw from them just on the eye test in VNL. It was great to see Rosa Maria back. I think she provided a little bit more balance and like predictability at the opposite position. Like some, yeah, sometimes like a, a Lorena or a Kissy will have a good game, but then there's there will be games where they hit negative 500 and hit five balls to the back wall. Um, Rosa Maria was very consistent. I mean, Gabi, I'm, I'm looking at the stat sheet from the Japan match. Look at Gabi's passing numbers. I mean, <laughs> it's an absolute joke. 65% perfect. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's insane how but, good she is. But even, okay, I think I think you really need to give a big ups for Bergman. Yeah, I thought Julia Bergman. Bergman, 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 Bergman to me was the, like, Rosemir was great. Gabi was Gabi. But Bergman, she got targeted 51 times in serve receive. Yep. Right. More than she got more than 50% of the serve receive targets, and she still passed pretty lights out 51% positive, 39% perfect. Like Brazil's passing as a team, 55% positive, 42% perfect, way better than Japan's at 51 and 29. Yep. Right. And to me, that was all on the back of Julia Bergman. She didn't really score that much. She wasn't really, she, they didn't really need her to score. She was what, 14 for, for 39, not great um, in terms of efficiency there, but she was massive in serve receive and it just released everything else for them. And that, that was the key. Her performance was the key there. If she doesn't pass that well, Brazil does not win this match. 100%. That is absolutely the key is Julia Bergman playing well enough to stay on the court all five sets. I think that's important because it seems like Brazil. Um, their their leashes on some of their like non superstar players, well, really like just Gabi and I guess like Taisa and, and Carl in the middle. Carl didn't even start this match. I was confused by that. But sometimes their leashes on some of their other players are pretty short, and uh, that if they, they'll decide pretty quickly if that if a certain player is not doing the job on that night, they'll get the yank pretty fast. But uh, Julia Bergman was able to hang in there the entire match long. Knew she was going to be the primary serve reception target, and she hung in there very, very well. I was impressed. And then, yeah, reception, like you said, that was like the only statistical difference in this match. They're, they're, the two teams' attacking numbers were almost identical. Their blocking numbers were almost identical, which is yep. kind of crazy. But the difference for Japan in a perfect pass versus a positive pass is huge for how their offense runs. Huge. If they, if they can get, if Brazil can get four hands or even like one and a half blockers up in front of Japan instead of having to try and chase that speed from a perfect pass position all the time, that makes all the difference in the world. We know that Japan's not going to out physically destroy people in out of system situations ever. They're just going to kind of hit smart shots and continue balls. But um, Brazil being able to pressure them from the service line just enough, just enough was the difference to me. Yeah. I mean, when, when you look at it too, like Brazil's serving was very conservative. Four aces, only seven errors compared to Japan's eight to 12. Um, but I just, I, I didn't think Brazil was serving that tough. No. But it, like they weren't tearing like they weren't tearing the, the the leather or the synthetic or whatever you want to call it off the ball, but they, they were definitely going for it. Um, Japan just just very even with their offense, right? You have f- five different uh, five of your hitters, all five of your offensive players there in double digits for for scoring. 
um, that's huge. But who is who is setting for this? Oh yeah, it was still it was still Seki. Never mind. Yeah, it was yeah. Seki for the most part. I mean, they brought in Matsui really briefly. I'm not yeah. totally sure why. Yeah, she, Matsui started the third there. Um, so yeah, ultimately tough tough break for Japan. They due to loss to bounce they drop down. I think they're below the Dominican Republic at this point. Um in, in world in, ranking. In yeah. World rankings. They so are, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean you can basically delete Poland and Dominican from the rankings equation now. Yeah. Now, now they've both qualified. Yeah, basically. So it, it, I still expect them to qualify, but a tough a tough result there for for Japan with with uh with the two losses to to those top two teams. Yeah, at home. I mean, it, we all knew it was going to come down to Japan versus Brazil. This was the most predictable pool and that that I'll be honest, that Japan versus Brazil match was the only match in this pool that I watched. I didn't watch yep. any other volleyball in this entire pool. I didn't watch Turkey once. Didn't need Honestly, to. it's it's a little we've I, I've been so interested to watch Turkey so much over the past few years and now it's just anticlimactic. <laughs> you know, this, like this time they, it was. It they, was. They, they like VNL was like, yo, we gotta watch Turkey. Rio Volley was like, mm, okay, once we get to the semis, once we get to the finals, that's when things get spicy. Now it's just like, I don't, nope. I, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I want to see, I want to see someone push them. I do want to, Rob, if we're going to talk about other teams, give a big up to Puerto Rico. Yes. And Argentina. Nor- nor- no, no, no. Norseco represent. Right. Our Argentina, you're, you're, you're losing down there. Belgium, Bulgaria, Peru. But Puerto Rico, let's go. Our, Norseco represent. Honestly, I think that this was other than Mexico, this was a fantastic representation for uh, for Norseco volleyball. Both the Dominican and Canada, I think, both punched above their weights and did fantastic. Puerto Rico did the same by getting four solid wins, winning over. Like if you had told me that the Puerto Rican team that I saw in Quebec City was going to win four games at this Olympic qualifier just a few weeks ago, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> it it, it, it would have been a straight up clown show. But big ups to uh, Stephanie Abercrombie and the rest of that Puerto Rican team to get the job done. Good for them. I have absolutely no thoughts on the rest of this pool. No, uh, me neither. Congratulations to the Brazil. Uh, to Brazil. Last thought: Ana Cristina will be back next summer. Don't forget, the Brazil has done pretty much all of this this summer without one of their most important players. And uh, I assume they'll get Macris back next summer as well. So, um, Brazil. Does Brazil look better without Macris? <laughs> that is a, that is a good question, and that's a that's a that's a, that's a that's a question for another time. Question for another time. <laughs> Fair question enough. for another time so that Fair that's enough. that's it for pool b congratulations to turkey and brazil everett we didn't blow it you didn't blow it the united you states did, you did good kid <laughs> you didn't blow it the reigning olympic champions the united states are going back to the olympics uh the usa technically did finish first in group c i mean it was basically a tie um the u.s i mean when we lost that first set to germany yesterday in in a do or die match I was I was I was starting in my head to start crafting a rant, and yes. I'm very happy that I I was able to put that rant in my you know metaphorical trash can in in my brain and empty that out because I don't I don't have anything to rant about this USA team. This was a good tournament. This was a good tournament for the USA. Uh, I'm I'm happy with the level that we displayed. I'm happy with the volleyball. Uh, losing to Poland in Poland is is okay with me. Okay, that we're we're deeming that okay. I'm I'm okay with that, especially okay. it's it's in the middle of three matches in a row. We beat Italy and we beat Germany on either side in like matches that we really really needed to win. Um, especially the Italy game, we needed to win that match, and I thought we actually played really well. Catherine Plummer off the bench was amazing in in a, in a key moment where we needed her badly, so that was nice to see. 
Um, and we will obviously talk about Poland in a minute. But uh, yeah, to, to beat Germany, to like we drop a set to Germany and then respond the rest of the match by absolutely dismantling them. Yeah. I mean that third set was that twenty-five set, to nine. Nine. That's Come gross. on, that's that's absolute grossness. Uh, so I mean, I I'm still not like my uncertainty about this American women's team is just furthered by this Linda qualifying term. Losing sets to Slovenia, Korea uh, is is all right, but like even like the the Italy game, they should be dis- like they should be taking care of that Italian team. Right, this is this is not the top Italian team. There's so much Obviously. turmoil there. They just need to to go in and take care of it. Same thing with Germany. I mean, I expect Germany to like like losing a set to Germany is fine, but just losing like a losing sets to to random teams and then losing to Poland too. This is this is not the dominant USA team that I was kind of expecting to see at the beginning of this summer. Well, sure, at the beginning of the summer, but look at what what has happened to the U.S. this summer. You've got to. I think we've got to lower our standards on this team a little bit. This is yeah. not an Olymp. This is not an Olympic gold medal team that we've been seeing this summer. It is. It is not. No, not not right this moment. Do you no. think though? Do you think though that this team has the potential to be an Olympic gold medal team? Are they are they still within that race? Because right now, the way it looks like to me is that Turkey is running away with it, and their two biggest contenders in Italy and uh, and USA have a lot of inner turmoil, both from from different from different reasons. Uh, right now, what I what, do I think that the U.S. has a, a legitimate chance to win Olympic gold? No, I don't. Uh, to, On the to- podium. On the podium, yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I, I absolutely think that we belong and should be considered to be a podium team. Um, we will get Jordan Poulter back next summer. I think that that one one thing in watching all this, all these American women's matches this week, the the thing that I kept coming back to is how badly we miss Jordan Poulter. Well, I, I I really really miss her. Uh, I thought Carlini played okay. Her set distribution was okay, but there were some l- balls that she was locating that really were head scratchers to me. I, I did not like some of her location um, balls that were way too far off the net on the wings. What was the, the common miss and just not setting the ball to the middle nearly enough, not even close to enough, especially when I mean, Jordan Thompson is a good player. She is not in the echelon of a Boscovich Vargas hockey going. She's not, you, you also don't need to be giving her 14 sets. You in don't, the first set, you right? don't, that's not, it's not like, we are not built the same way as Turkey, Italy, Serbia. That is like we won Olympic gold by being the most balanced team of all time. And pl- playing to a play style that is not even close to balanced is not a, a recipe for success for this particular American women's team. Fortunately for us, Annie Drews came off the bench against Germany and was unbelievable. Unbelievable. 26 for 46 like that. And that's, that's great. Can we rely on, on her to do that every time? Annie, who I love Purdue girl. No, it's not going to happen every time. That's an amazing performance. You're not going to get that every time, but do you be more balanced, be the balanced team that you were in the Olympics three years ago. Set the middle. But can but can can they be passing in this one? Twelve percent perfect, twenty nine percent positive. That's garbage. Terrible. That's worse than men's numbers. That's <laughs> that's that's awful. So yeah, you can't good. you can't run the middle when you're only 20, passing twelve percent perfect, right? And and ultimately, like there's there's a big issue on this team that the left sides cannot terminate. They can't terminate the ball, right? The le- like the left sides can't pass and they can't terminate. 
this is once again we're seeing the the shortcomings of NCAA volleyball and the subsystem really coming back to bite USA in the butt. Now, Rob, you I've know how I always said this. You, you know how I feel about this. I think we should just go with the American system full out. Couldn't let's add the subs. More. Let's make it more specialized. Ooh, let's go. I think that would make it. But that's a conversation for another day. Couldn't but you're at, you're absolutely seeing how you know. Because let's let's be honest, in in the NCAA, you have your defensive outsides and your offensive outsides, and you have very few who are six rotation players who have the ability to play internationally, and that's kind of what we're seeing. Larson hasn't had the impact that we would want uh, on this on this team, and then really no one is like I don't know who like I I think Jordan Larson needs to be out there because of her experience and her leadership and what she brings to this team just in terms of everything else but I don't know who you 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 put in beside her but I think it's Kelsey Robinson but when you have the two of them then you don't really have that much of an offense offensive no, outlet out there either they're they're the they're the same player um like the functionally they're the same player yes. and if if they're not passing the ball well enough then they're not providing any value other than Larson's leadership. So, like, I, I agree. I think if, if she's healthy and good enough to go, if, if she wants to do another Olympic cycle, which apparently she does, then, yeah, she, she needs to have a prominent role. But if you're not passing the ball well at that outside position, then bring Catherine Plummer in there. She's not. She probably won't pass that much worse. She'll get targeted more. But at least she can bang some balls out of system. Same thing with Allie Franti. Like, let, let her rip some balls – like I, I do think that Franti is is more useful when you start her versus when you bring her in off the bench. I think the mm-hmm. play with her is to start her, see how it goes, and then maybe pull her after a set and a half. But um, another point in the chat that I agree with is that um, Karch's leashes for players are too long. Karch's leashes for players are too long, and uh, I also think that if he brought he brought five outside hitters to this tournament. Why didn't we see more of them as far as starting lineups went? We, we started Robinson and Larson every single one of the seven matches. Those, those two players are not young. That was not, you were not putting them in a position to play consistently and produce scoring output seven matches in, seven matches out. I, I, there, are, there are lots of things about this that I don't like for the U.S., but at the end of the day, we did still qualify. We did still win the group. So the Technically, yeah. Are like... Sure, my standards are high. My expectations are high. We did win Olympic gold two years ago. This is not the same team as that. It's just not. And uh, there are there are certainly questions to answer going into next summer. We'll get Jordan Poulter back. Uh, Micah Hancock didn't play this tournament. She was out with a concussion. I think she might have helped a little bit. I, obviously, the outside hitter is a huge question mark, but we still won the group. We still won the group. We still qualified. We only lost to Poland in Poland. I'm okay with that. I'm not thrilled with the level on the eye test. I'm okay with this. I have nothing really to rant about. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy enough with the way that we've responded after a summer that has otherwise not been very good. No. VNL and Norsecas were failures. This was not. We won our group. We qualified. We're, we're going back to the Olympics where we belong. And now Karch has next summer's VNL to engineer it however he wants to go all mad scientist on it and try and peek at the Olympics again. And I'm curious to see how he does it, but like at least we ended off the summer on a good note and I'm happy with that. Yeah, I definitely, I'm very interested to see what happens with this team because I do think that if there's one person who doesn't necessarily give a shit about anything that we have to say, it's probably, it's Karch. Karch. Yeah, 100%. it's just like, 
he's, he's, like, he's, he's like if anyone told us who he like if anyone showed if anyone showed him any of our clips talking about this he would be like these guys are stooges they don't know what the f they're talking about i'm karch cry you know and and for good reason and especially especially Karch-Kry. like when you look at this team too leading up to 2021 like this is not a team that was dominant leading up to to winning tokyo right oh actually I guess they did win three. Uh, they were in a row. really good. They did. They did. They, were they did. Really good. They did win three nations leagues in a row. Um. So you're right. They won 18, 19, and and twenty one. Uh. But like, I mean, yeah, like fifth place at the World Championships in two thousand eighteen. That's that's all right. But I, I'm just saying that this is a team that I think, especially with the way Karch builds this, it's it's very much you're focused on that final game. Right, you're trying to peak at that right time, and everything you're doing is is just building up for them. So I'm interested to see how this team comes back with a vengeance next year. What kind of roster decisions are going to be made? Like, is Poulter going to be ready in time? Is she playing professionally? Oh. This is is she playing professionally this year? I sure hope so, because I mean, she tore her ACL in like November of last year. Yeah. So it's, it's um, been about ten months and- since then. I, I would be ex- expecting her to play most of this pro season and, and be ready to go. And then I think the other big question mark has to be Kara Bayama. Yep. Is she, is she a part of this roster or not? Because you could make an argument that she might be the best left American left side out there. She started and won a champions league final. Yeah. And she's going to Monza Monza. Are you arguably one of the best teams right now? So they, they they could easily be the best team in Europe this year. We'll talk about club later on, but like, yeah, I don't know about that. I we I mean we talked about it last week when you brought up her name to Karch when you talked to him at Norseka's and he oh, he dodged, dodged that dodged. Oh, <laughs> that was a that was a neo level dodge. Uh, also, Rob Jordan Poulter not on not anywhere right now. There's no there's there's she has no contract right now according to Volleybox. Okay, come maybe coming back in like January like some players will do. That, I mean that's fine. I'm. I'm not worried about her. I think she'll come back and take the starter setting, starting center spot where she belongs. I think that's enough talk about the USA. We got to talk about the other team that qualified in this pool. For the first time since 2008, there's been a lot of close calls, a lot of disappointments. Wow, I didn't that oh, much. yeah. A lot of close calls, a lot of disappointment. But finally, Poland, the Polish women are back in the Olympics in front of an, just an incredible crowd in Woods. Just awesome. So good, just that, the gold standard. The the gold the, standard. The, the, the gold, gold standard. standard. And and sure enough, uh, they they get a bid. They beat Italy in four to to get the bid on day seven. Uh, down a set, they 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 came back and won the second in overtime and never looked back. And I'm so happy for this Polish team. They have had an incredible summer. Such a good summer. Their their run really goes back to last year's World Championships for me. Right, like it when does. they when they really started to go. Um, I think that this is just a another reason why Meglin Estesiak needs her own team where she's the number one option and gets set a lot of balls because she she, she proves that she's world class. Like if if Stesiak was playing on a legitimate club team, she might be in the conversation with Agonu, with Hawk, with Boscovich, with Vargas. I don't think so, but I, I she, mean, like, she's, she, I'd put her at fifth. I'd put her at fifth right now. I, I think she. Yeah, I fifth. would. I would still put her at fifth, but I think she would be within that conversation, right? Right now, because she doesn't produce in the club. Like, you can It's hard. It's hard to make that that uh that argument well, we, but, we, that's that's another conversation because she is going to Fenerbahce this year where she's going to play the first half of the year and then sit the bench behind what, what was again like why 
Why? I, I kind of think whoever it's, her agent is is an idiot. No, I kind of think it's it's okay for her because she is a big, slow player. Uh, she like, I think she is affected a lot by wear and tear. I think if she she if she took fifty swings a game every game all of club season, she wouldn't be as good for the Polish national team. And and she was so good for the Polish national team this tournament against Italy, 23 for 41, 44% efficiency. Good, so good Amazing. The whole summer. Yeah. And and the funny thing about Poland is that ever on last week's show, Poland was in the middle of their match versus Thailand. And the reason we did a show when we did, because we thought that there was no way that, that match would be interesting. Sure enough, we ended last week's show on Wednesday. I watched the rest of it and Poland blew it. They blew it they lost to a Thai team that they had no business losing to then they had a day off and poland responded by beating germany the united states and italy in a row and that is the response that i that i like to see out of a team that's going to the olympics because any team that goes to the olympics you're going to get pushed you're going to lose games that is the best of the best you will have your back against the wall at some point and how do you respond to that poland did they responded in the biggest possible way i was very impressed by that like beating germany italy and the u.s in three days is a big sequence that is yeah, I mean, huge and especially that win against germany like that yeah. win against germany was uh big a big five setter uh i mean germany came back to force that that fifth set and still poland pushed on when you look at the stats too stiziak was pretty good with 22 but martina how do, how do you say this one? Chernyanska? Chernyanska, yeah. She's Chernianska. 19. She is uh, – her coming back because she missed Eurovolley. Her coming back for Olympic qualifiers was massive. And every, all of our Polish fans in the Discord were agreeing the same thing. Like, she's only 19. She's going to be a superstar. She's yeah. so good. Uh, the perfect balance of offense and reception. Exactly what Poland needed. Yeah, her her reception numbers this tournament were actually were actually pretty good. Very uh, good. Yeah, she wasn't f- featured that that much. Um, but that's the thing is that if Poland has a player like her coming off the bench, Poland might be a dark horse. They they really really might be. Like this is a very good team. This this is a very good team. And other than that that one loss against China, where I'm assuming it's just one of those things where you just kind of fall asleep. What, the and, Thailand game? Yeah, and yeah. I'm sorry, sorry, I said China. But yeah, and like Th- Thailand is, when Thailand's playing, Thailand is a tough team to play against. So they right? shouldn't be, though, because the, losing to Thailand, to me, it tells me that you did not do your homework to prepare for them, and you were unable to adjust mid-game to the wacky little, like, old-school Japanese high school offense that they run. Like, you cannot be consistently putting up zero blockers against the X play from the 1980s. Like, you, you, you can't do that. So like that that was the part of the, about that Polish loss that I didn't like is because it, it displayed low volleyball IQ to me. But it, it uh, their comeback to beat those three good teams, the rest of their pool play, showed a heck of a lot of guts to me. And I, and I really, really liked that. Uh, shout out to Lethal Barbie, of course. She was on the thumbnail for the show. We love Agnieszka Corner-Luke. She's, uh, she's been one of my favorite players to watch this entire summer. Uh, she was brilliant the whole week. And uh, the other person I really want to give a lot of credit to is Stefano Lavarini. He has made a gigantic difference with the way that this team has played, with the way that they've responded to things, with the way that they've been able to prepare, and uh, just the biggest, the biggest positive change from Navrowski, who was coaching them before. Um, he's gotten them back to the Olympics, and I'm really happy for this Polish team. Yeah, it's huge. I mean... I think it's important for Polish women's volleyball to be as good as possible. 
right? For sure. It's it it's always been a bit of a mismatch in terms of like when you look at the Plus Liga versus the Torin Liga, where you look at the men's team versus the women's team, and just the in terms of the, the success that they have and and the the level at which they play. So the fact that you're seeing both of these teams coming into their prime right now, like I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I think the 2020s are for Polish volleyball. Like they they really are for Polish volleyball because right now we're seeing the best results that they've ever seen before. Oh yeah, men's without question, and Poland, uh, the Polish women are really really improving rapidly and i agree i mean they're going to get Susanna guretzka back at the olympics as well they're they're going to have four awesome outside hitters got the best setter in the world they've got a a top five opposite they've got some outstanding middle blockers uh young guns coming through like shouts to maria stenzel as well libera who i really like uh they've got a good coach certainly a good enough coach i i like poland a lot I'm, i'm very happy for them that leaves us everett with Italy. <laughs> Bring out your torches and pitchforks! Let's go! <laughs> so, uh, even the Italian fans were rooting for this result. Tommy and Monty in the Discord are two like OG Italian homies. We're rooting against their own national team in this Olympic qualifier tournament because they want Mazzanti out. And I, th- I think that um, Italy missing out on qualifying this particular time is honestly going to be good for them in the long run. I mean, just look at the people that they brought. No Egonu, no Kirikella, no Bossetti, no Oro, no De Gennaro. Like those should be five starters that you either that you either chose not to bring or you alienated them or both. And uh, when when that's the type of program that you're running, you're going to fail and you deserve to fail in a tournament like this. My only hope is that the, that is that the Federation sees it soon enough to fire him and bring in somebody else for 2024 because Italy will qualify on ranking for the Olympics. They will. And if they roll out this same group that they, that we just saw in, in Poland this week, if they roll out this same group to the Olympics, they might not even make it out of pools. No, I, I don't, I don't think they will if they roll out this group. Mostly because, like, I think it's tough, no matter how good of a player you are, but I think it's tough when you go into a situation and you know that there's some maybe some turmoil about why you're there or how you're there. You know that you're missing some of your best players. Like, I think that's a tough situation to play in. But even them, like, uh, right now, like, like this morning, basically, um, the FIPAV, which is the Italian Federation has put out, like we will analyze in detail what happened. We will work with the aim of quickly finding the best solution to overcome this complicated moment. Like they are, they obviously know this understatement Um, of the century right there. I mean, this is as like complicated moment that there's, I don't know if I've ever seen something like this in women's volleyball, in volleyball period where there's so much internal conflict and the obvious solution is to just get rid of the coach. I, I think it's also frustrating too when you're Italy and you know you've you just you didn't win the you like you've you've won a Euro recently you have one of the best players in the world you're you're doing all these things and then you look at all the other best teams in the world and they all have Italian coaches all of them all of them have <laughs> Italian coaches like it's Zidetti, it's, it's Santarelli, such Lavarini like, like all like of them literally all of the best teams in the world even if, even when you look at team Canada there's two there's two Canadian coaches and two Italian coaches on on that on that <laughs> roster on, on that coaching staff right like they they are and i'm pretty sure like the netherlands has an italian coach as well um but like does doesn't matter at the end of the day like there is so much 
quality within the Italian coaching system, why is there so much turmoil with this team? Right? Like it, it it's terrible that all of their all of the, like this team is losing to other Italian coaches. And you know, you know that Lavarini and Santarelli and Guidetti are just saying this sitting there being like, well, we're just gonna do this, we're just gonna do this, we're just gonna do this because Masati's a stooge. It's so easy for them to coach circles around their home country. It's honestly kind of hilarious. I, I'm, I'm sure it's very satisfying for Lavarini to beat that team to beat Italy yesterday in four and just have Italy just not play all that well. I mean, uh, Ekaterina Antropova had a good tournament. I, mean, I thought that that she played perfectly fine in in a tough situation. I, but I mean, Miriam still a negative efficiency. What is she still doing out there? Like, what so are we I about here? I was scrolling through Twitter or formerly the app formerly known as Twitter now whatever <laughs> I don't know what Elon's doing over there. Um, but I was seeing Italian fans saying that Antre, they thought Antropova was better than Agonu, um, basically because she doesn't make as many errors. Hey, whoa, whoa, don't shoot the message. I'm just, I'm just giving you the new year, okay? Don't be rolling your eyes at me. Um, I'm, rolling, I'm and, rolling my eyes at that take. Yeah, but she just didn't have – I don't – I think it's a tough, tough to say it. Like, I think Antropova's numbers are there. But at the same time, she doesn't have the support from the, the rest, of the, rest of the team. And, like, we know Miriam Silla is, like, best friends with Paolo Agonu, right? We know that she's going to want to play for her best friend and maybe not for some, you know, younger girl that she, that, that she doesn't even know as well, right? There is so much just turmoil on this Italian team. I think there's they're just missing, you know, they're missing the forest through the trees, truly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to watch, but I, I think that, it, it, as long as the federation figures it out this off season and and makes the required change, then I think that this missing Olympics, missing the Olympic qualification bid here is going to be a good thing for them in the long run. They need to not compound the problem if they keep Mitsanti this entire off season and let him do more damage at Vionel next next year. It's going to compound the problem. Allegedly, according to the chat, Mazzanti is really good friends with the president of FIPAV. Ugh. Right. Uh, also, what's up with the uh, challenge button in the poll at Italy match? Poll? I didn't. I yeah. Didn't really... So something happened there where it was Lavarini's assistant, like ran out of nowhere to call it to like press a button, call a challenge when because it didn't work the first time. I, I don't I, I couldn't really figure out what what had happened there. Uh, yeah. So I think it was it was a very late block touch challenge in the second set. I think it might have been the one that ended up winning the set for them in overtime. Twenty six, twenty four. That like I don't think Lavarini was going to challenge it, and the the one of the Polish assistant coaches is like, you know what, I, I'm I'm going for it. I'm t- I'm taking this into my own hands. I'm going to go press the button to challenge a block touch there, and they got it and won the set. I I think that that's what happened, but uh, somebody in the chat can confirm that for us. It was it was an interesting moment. I, I didn't really understand it when I saw it live. Okay, fair enough. I was just seeing people um, talk about the chat, and I didn't watch that full game, so. Uh, must have happened when I when you said it was at the end of the second or end of the third. I think it was the end of the second because uh, okay. Poland won that set on a challenge twenty six twenty four. So I'm I'm pretty sure it was that one. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, right now I just think that this Italian team on paper, when you look at the roster that they have, should be one of the best teams in the world. And the fact that they didn't win anything this summer and didn't qualify the Olympics, I think like who failed this summer more. USA or Italy? Obviously, Italy. Obviously, 
I mean, Italy also, they, they failed to medal at VNL, so did the U.S. They failed to medal at Eurovol. U.S. took silver. I would call that a failure of a similar caliber. But the USA beat Italy head-to-head and qualified for the Olympics, and Italy didn't. So um, I, I think that's that's it. So that's Pool C. I have nothing else to talk about about the rest of the teams, honestly. Uh, I mean, tough break for Germany without Hannah Orthman. They, they were never going to really be that much of a factor in this pool it was good to see thailand playing a little bit better they got that win over poland but ever i think we need to wrap up the just the whole women's olympic just the whole the whole women's summer by looking at the latest rankings because the, the rankings are now set for the next like six months this this is how they stand up until the start of next summer's vnl and to make it super clear on how the olympic qualification is going to go there are now seven bids that have been given out France, the hosts, Serbia, Dominican Republic, the United States, Poland, Turkey, and Brazil. There are five spots left. Those five spots will go to the highest ranked teams in the world ranking after the preliminary round of the 2024 VNL. So there's five spots left. One of those spots will go to an African team because you're guaranteed to have one team represented from every continent. Right now, uh, Africa and Asia are the only two teams that don't have a team or continents that don't have a team qualified yet. So whatever, whoever the highest ranked team in Africa is will get a bid. Thanks for participating. Whatever. Also, the higher ranked team between China and Japan will get a bid as the as the team from Asia. It's a great chance both of them will qualify. But here's the rank the, the rankings as of right now. You've got Italy in fifth, all the way down to Germany in twelfth, and. Uh, Dominican Republic and Poland are already qualified, so you can basically remove them from this picture. Really, there are four spots left. If you take out the African spot, there there's are... really only two because Italy and China won't drop that many points, right? Probably not. Probably not, right? Like even even when you put Italy's B team out there, they are able to qualify for the to, for the VNL finals. So I don't them seeing like they would have to they would have to have a losing record through VNL and lose to a lot of bad teams to drop beneath the lo- the level of Canada and the Netherlands. Right. So realistically, I think it's between Japan, Netherlands, and Canada right now to um to see how like how it's really being done. I agree. I, I think that Germany has too much ground to make up. I don't think that one's possible. They're 40 points behind Canada. Uh, yeah, I, I agree that I think Italy and China are in. Um, I think that even Japan, they're what? Like Probably eight, in. 18 points up on the Netherlands. They would have to get passed by both the Netherlands and Canada in order to miss out. I don't see that happening, but that's the situation. There's really four spots left because you're going to have some waste of space African team that gets a bid. Italy, China, Japan, Netherlands, and Canada, those five teams are fighting for four spots. And this is the way that the ranking points sit right now, uh, heading into next summer. By the way, China, with that big win over over Serbia, it didn't matter for the pool. It got China, I think, like nine points. The, the that's, That is pretty significant. So uh, they're all the way up to six. They, they, def- they could have dropped below Poland had they not won that match. So Bro, I mean, that matters. I need a, a solid breakdown of how these pools, or how these uh, the the points per a win does, because it just doesn't make sense to the, me. They they on, break down the formula on the website. Go go research do they? it. Yeah. Like in terms of like like wins and 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 stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's a formula. It's like your world ranking, your opponent's world ranking, then the set score of the match. Because it is like if we look at China, for example, yeah, they got a plus eight forty four for beating the uh for for beating serbia uh um, serbia actually dropped from second to fourth 
Uh, not that it's going to matter for them. Like the, I, you're not even showing the top four teams here. Turkey, A, uh, I don't even remember the order. I think Turkey, A, Turkey Brazil, USA, USA, Turkey, USA, Brazil, Serbia. Is that like, okay. that's such garbage that Serbia drops down? Oh, I guess they did lose. They got minus ten for losing to to Dominican and minus eight point four for losing right. to, to China. But now it doesn't matter. Like, like for those teams that are already qualified to the Olympics, they don't care about the world ranking until twenty twenty five. So uh, that's why, like, you can take Dominican and Poland kind of out of this picture. It's it's five teams fighting for four spots right now, and I, I don't I, I don't think Germany really has a chance. Uh, it's probably going to come down to Canada versus the Netherlands, honestly. Well, and, that's what it is. Right. And it's, it's truly that's truly what it is. So yeah. that's why they, the, that win against the Netherlands was so huge for it was Canada. Big. Yeah. So and it's just it's really just going to come down to VNL. A uh, big shout outs to the biggest losers of the tournament. Peru dropped seven ranking uh, points to thirty eight. Mexico dropped five to twenty eight, and Korea dropped four down to fortieth in the world. Rob and there's still a core team in the VNL. Look at this, Korea zero and seven. 0-7. Lost to Colombia, Slovenia, and Thailand. God, get, God, get real. Their, uh, their wins this summer, Rob. They have four wins this summer. Their four wins this summer are against Indonesia, Australia, Uzbekistan, and Chinese Taipei. God, it's embarrassing. They... Right, we're, we're not talking about Korea. We're talking about teams. <laughs> we're talking about real teams right now. Bro, so, they, won, they, they won five games in the past two years. <laughs> we're, t- we're talking about real teams right now, Everett. I, I, uh, can't even bring myself to talk about it. So that is it for for uh, international women's volleyball for the summer. That's it. It's over. It's club season Finito. now. It's it. It's club season now for the women. These world rankings are locked up until the start of next national team season, and uh, there are plenty, plenty of storylines. Uh, congratulations to all the teams that got bids. There was it was really a fun Olympic qualification tournament. Those last three days were it awesome. It was. It wasn't. I I think I understand why they did it this way, Rob. Because I think, I think we should take this time here to, to talk about it before we transition into the men's one. Uh, they they did it this way because you have to give every team from like the continental zone like a chance right because there's no continental continental qualifiers so you need to be able to give those other teams a chance a shot next time around once everything is is different it, it'll be way different um but yeah there's there's just too many teams there's just and, too many teams for this tournament. and too many really bad matches like the, the yeah. those first four days featured a lot of bad matches a lot of three dongs and uh, it didn't really get good until the good teams started to play each other there at the end. Yeah, 100%. So I think it needs to be adjusted a little bit, let's say. Let's, well, for let's sure. And, the- and we already know that next Olympic cycle, the, the process will be completely night and day different because, God forbid, we stick with the same system for two consecutive quads. So um, this, this, this is a one-time thing. Like this, this format really is a one-time thing. Like this, yes, this truly. particular tournament will never happen this particular way again. It, no. it, we already know that it's going kind of back to the continental system next quad. So I, I also think that the the shortened quad into the triad, oh for sure, uh, makes has has an effect on all. Of yeah, it. COVID is still very much affecting the the international volleyball calendar. Not for much longer, but yeah, it definitely had yeah. something to do with this. All right, before we talk about the men's ever because it starts this weekend, got two very important things to talk about. The first is that volleyball that's tour. We're both We're rocking back. it. I'm I'm double rocking it actually. Oh yeah, you got it under I, the hoodie I, I threw too. the the I threw you've got 
I've got the heathered gray on. You've got the navy. You got the navy. Nice. Uh, yeah, I threw this that shirt on this morning, and then it was a little chilly in my house. I was like, oh, let's throw the, let's throw the nice sweater on. But if you want to look good like Rob and I, you're going to head over to thatvolleyball.store. Use the code SPICE. You get 15% off your entire purchase. Uh, of course, you get the, volley, the 9x9 gear, the 9x9 squared gear, a bunch of spicy volleyball stuff. So head on over, pick something out, and uh, look good like us. That's right. Uh, also in the Volleyball Source universe, uh, let's see. Good good viewership on this episode so far. We appreciate you guys for watching. Still got a lot of momentum from our North Seca broadcast, but we want more thumbs up. Like yeah. the video. Like the video. doesn't yeah, cost we, we anything. Need, need more of those. And if you want to join the Volleyball Source Discord, the link is in the description. That is the best online volleyball chat community in the world, especially during Olympic qualifier season. It's a great place to hang out and talk ball with people from all over the planet. So get in there. Last but not least, in the Volleyball Source universe. Yeah. Oh, last but not least, of course, Mr. Stankovich. It's time to how talk are, about... How are you doing today, Mr. Stankovich? Ta- time to talk about Daddy Stankovich, my hero. So, somewhere in this episode, as uh, we, we highlight our favorite segment, Where's Daddy? Somewhere in this episode, Daddy Stankovich has been hidden. And when you find Daddy Stankovich, you comment the timestamp of where he is in the main YouTube comment section after the video is over. And if you do that, you get a shout out on next week's show. So last week, we were talking about Eurovolley, and we were talking about Slovenia and uh, how they won bronze over France. If you see one of the coaches there on the left under Georgi Kretsu, like over that, uh, the last player for this on the left, the guy in the blue polo, there's Daddy Stankovich getting in on the celebration. So... Uh, Good to see, good to see, Daddy Stankovic out there uh, celebrating some Eurovolley hardware. That's where he was. Our friends John Lau and Kenny McGraw find it, found him right away. So those two guys commented. I don't think, I don't think Kenny's allowed to play anymore. He wins too much. Kenny wins a lot. At, at where's Daddy? <laughs> That's good. He's he's always got his eye out for Daddy Stankovic. Um, That's so true. I, I see a few of you Stooges in the chat who sometimes post when Daddy comes up. Don't do you, that. No, you don't. don't, you, do don't that. you don't want to post them in the chat. You want no. to post them in the main YouTube comments section, like after the live stream is over. That's that's where you get the credit for finding Daddy Stankovic. So I, I almost think that we should up it and make him really small. Like instead of him putting on someone's head, let's like hide him somewhere. So I've, I've done that a time or two. Uh, and I, I'm trying to get more and more creative with my not very good Photoshopping abilities. But uh I I think the one I did this week was was uh was a pretty good one. So we'll see how how people receive it and how people find them. So I'm not going to give you any more clues than that. But you got to find Daddy Stankovic. Comment where he is, and uh, you get a shout out in next week's show. Do it. All right, Everett. It's time. There's one more international event this summer. After all this international volleyball we've had this whole summer. It comes down to one more thing. It is the men's Olympic qualifiers, the exact same format as the women. It starts this Saturday, September 30th. Then there's it's the same format. Two days on, one day off, two days days on, one day off, and then three days on at the very end where we'll likely get the spiciest matches. So um, as you can see here on the screen, we'll read it down for the pod for our audio listeners. Pool A is in Brazil. It features Brazil, Italy, Iran, Cuba, Ukraine, Germany, the Czech Republic, and Qatar. Pool B is in Japan. It features Japan, the United States, Slovenia, Serbia, Turkey, Tunisia, Egypt, and Finland. Pool C is in China. It features China, Poland, Argentina, the Netherlands, Canada, Mexico, Belgium, and Bulgaria. Um, There, in my opinion, Everett, there are more teams in 
in just across the board in all these pools, a lot more teams with a chance to qualify yes. than there were on the women's side. Yes, for sure. When you look at every single pool, there's a little bit more intrigue. Yeah, I, I, I think than on the women's side. I think that maybe on the women's side you have a, a higher level of like really high high level teams, and it drop off drops off significantly after that. Um, every pool, there's a, there's a few considerations that need to be made when you're when you're looking at the two favorites uh, to move on. Uh, let's start with Pool A, Rob. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I think in Pool A you have one obvious team to move on. That's Italy, and then and then you have a jumble. You yeah. have a jumble, and normally you'd say Brazil would be a, one of those obvious teams, but Brazil is. I mean, what's this is a team really in a fall when you look at the result at you know one of their worst ever losing the South American Championships for the for the first time ever, and then you look at the roster and you go, who's going to pick this team up? Who's going to elevate them to the level of which Brazil expects? And Rob, I I just don't know it. Nope. Uh, like like you need to ride Alan Souza hard. They do have Leal on the roster. Okay, that is their one. Well, on the extended roster, because we don't have the, the 14 man yet. No, we do not. Um, that is, Leal has to have the best tournament of his life. He really does. Similar For, to last year's World Championship, where exactly. Brazil took bronze basically completely on Leal's shoulders. I, I agree. I think he's the key. Um, Brazil playing at home, that will help. But I agree with you that this the, the Brazilian like this golden era is, is getting more and more fragile every day. Oh, it's no. Well, well, the golden era ended a long time ago. Is, is, well, it's they're, it's, it's they're, we're, they're we, trying desperately to hold on to 2016, and that is just not really uh, possible anymore. I think they're just trying desperately to stay at the t- like within the top teams, right? Like uh, golden era. Let's not even let's not look about winning anything. Let's just talk about staying relevant and and qualifying. Ooh, somebody in the chat says Leal's injured and he is not going to be on the 14. <laughs> I, that, I really don't see that. Like, like we that, love, we love true, Honorato. We love Honorato, right? We do. I like Honorato but a lot. He's not. He doesn't start on Canada. He's a solid third guy off the bench. But man, if yeah, seriously, if they don't have Leal, that Brazil is in is in seriously big trouble. Even even Arturo Bukmiuk, the the young Canadian guy who's now playing for, I mean, he's Brazilian. Let's let's be honest, but he lived in Canada for for quite a while. Like. He's injured too. Like he he won't be available either. So what do they have on the left side? Ouch. Like Honorato and Lucarelli. Like that's that's like you've got two P twos out there for Brazil. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. So uh, Brazil is really really fragile. I'm really curious to see who their 14 man roster is when it comes out. But uh, I, I don't like their chances. What what's their world ranking at right now? Mm. It, I mean, it, sure it, it can't be that bad. It's, it's, no. so, it's okay. They're fourth. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be, they're going to qualify one way or another. They're, they're, they're doing just fine in the world ranking, but like this tournament, I, I'm just not high on Brazil. However, I did say the exact same thing last year at the world championship and they got bronze. This was with Wallace and Lou and Leal who they're not going to have this time, but um, I'm actually, I'm actually going to pick Brazil to get a bid here. I'm not. And the, 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 I know I know you're not. The, the reason why I'm going to pick Brazil to get a bid here uh, next to Italy, obviously, who we don't even need to talk about. Like it's it's so obvious that Italy will probably go undefeated in this pool. Yes, I think that there's the, the other teams in this pool are going to beat each other up, and Brazil is just going to kind of survive. I think that they're 
I think Italy's going to go seven and zero, and I don't think there's going to be a six and one team. I think there's going to be a couple five and two, a couple four and three. Okay. And, and I know I I think that you're I think I know who you're going to pick. I'm going to I think that Cuba has a really good chance, but they're going to they're going to pull a Dominican Republic and lose to a bad team. They're they're going to lose to Germany or they're going to lose to the Czech Republic. Or and I also think that Ukraine is pretty good. I have no idea. And Iran Every... is a total wild card. I think that Cuba will lose a couple random games. They could easily beat Brazil like they did earlier this summer. I think that Brazil will not lose to teams so much worse than them that I think because of the chaos elsewhere in this pool, I have a feeling that Brazil is going to make it through somehow. I fully agree with you that I think a bunch of teams are going to beat themselves up in, yeah. in this tournament. Like, even... Even when you look at Qatar, which is technically the worst team in this this pool, Qatar is a it, Qatar is an up and coming team. Okay, Rob, they're they're starting to win. They, you, bro, they just naturalize players. Oh, you're Brazilian, you can't bring, bring make the national team. Come over here, <laughs> we'll do. give you. <laughs> you know, like and and it's and you don't even like because they haven't played for like I, I think there's like different rules, but we've seen a, a a consistent version of Cuba this summer. Like specifically more recently at the Norseka Championships. Sorry, I shouldn't say this summer, but specifically more recently at the 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 Norseka Championships under a new the, head coach. Under a new head coach, very important. On this, when you look at this roster, this is one of like this one of the more skilled rosters out there. I think you know Cuba beat Brazil earlier this year in Ottawa. We watched it. We witnessed it. That was the one good game that they played all of VNL. It was. Um, I think Cuba was unlucky to come away with bronze at the Norseka Championships. I think they played two very good games that they ended up losing to to Canada and, I agree. and to the USA in, in Canada. I just have it like like trust me, it kills me, and I'm just waiting for Ronnie to pop up in the chat right now. <laughs> he was he was here earlier, but he's not here. I just think that they have the firepower to 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 really go through it, and as his team is starting to mature, they could. They could really do some damage, um, and because because I think I think Brazil's going to get beat up by other teams. I think Brazil loses to Italy and then two more teams. Like two I think two more teams. I, but I, I like I don't think it's out of the question for Brazil to lose to like a Ukraine or a Germany if like either of those teams get hot, even or I, Iran. I think Brazil's going to lose to Italy and Cuba, but I yeah. think Cuba is going to lose to Italy and and one maybe even two other teams. And I I correct in the chat. Robert Lenny Simone is not playing. It's yeah, going to no, it's Simone. it's going to be the group that you saw at Norseca. It's going to be it's, it's Alonso and Concepcion in the middle. Uh, Simone was there, then you have hundred oh, percent, and, and I would. That like Cuba, uh, Cuba made some huge, huge steps in the right direction at Norseca's, and we talked about it a lot on the broadcast and on this show. That uh, their ability to learn how to use the bench and still play good volleyball, and like Cuba to even play the start the starters, not have that 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 little last bit of explosiveness and still beat teams like that is good. That that that's going to do them a lot of favors in this tournament. Um, I still think that Brazil is going to pull some weird voodoo garbage and, and, and get out of this pool. Uh, I like Cuba, and honestly, I'm rooting for them. I think it would be good for the Norseca zone if Cuba were to get a bid here. But I, I, I am going to go with Italy and Brazil. Past that, like Iran, I know nothing about at this point. They've been too much of a wild card the last two summers. I have no and idea. And no Milad playing. either. Right, no Abadapur. No, I, I have no idea who's playing for them. Ukraine had was a little bit disappointing at Eurovolley, and I think that they're Agreed. good. I think Ole Plotnitsky is 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 a monster, but 
you can't be a one man show in, in men's volleyball the way that you can in women's and not and, and, and not this tournament. No, no, not this tournament. Germany, no chance. They, I thought that they were garbage at VNL. Uh, Czech Republic and Qatar, thanks for participating. This is a hard pool. It is. Uh, there, I think there is going to be a lot of chaos. I think Ukraine will beat a team or two. I think Iran might come out of nowhere and beat a team or two. But like, Italy's going to go seven and zero, and I do think that Brazil is going to find a way to take that second spot. And you know what, Devin just brought it up in the chat. I do kind of want to see Cuba go, not over my Canada. Not over my Canada, right? So that's why, like, that I want Cuba to to qualify through the winning because we're in different pools here. But I do want to bring, um, I do want to see Cuba go to see one of the best ever play in the Olympics one time. Robert Landy Simone. Robert Landy Simone. He exactly. deserves it. That, he does. He does deserves he, it. He does deserve it. And I think you know we saw the Dominican kind of lay down that blueprint of an Orsica team from the Caribbean coming through and upsetting everyone. I think Cuba can do it. Okay. I, I, I really think they do. You're welcome, Ronnie. Like, save this. Record it. Because it's never happening again. <laughs> this is not happening again, all right? But I think Cuba's going to make it through. Okay. Uh, pool B is in Japan. Uh, it's got Japan, the U.S., Slovenia, Serbia, Turkey, Tunisia, Egypt, and Finland. Tunisia, Egypt, Finland, thanks for participating. That's the part about this pool that I, as an American fan, am most excited about is that we have the, the easiest three bottom teams by far out of any pool. Tunisia, Egypt, and Finland are way worse than any of the bottom three teams in the other two pools. And for that reason, I think that there's a great chance that the, that the U.S., who the format is the same. Like those four teams, the top four seeds won't play each other until the last three days. Yes. They're going to get through all those, the, the four bottom teams, the first four days. So even Turkey, who is good, uh, or who's, better they're a vnl team now um the u.s can play the bench against tunisia egypt and finland and win 3-0 and i i I think that's exactly what we will do the thing is that uh the the schedule then gets difficult because if the the u.s i'm I'm american obviously i'm talking from our perspective we have a very old team and where we're going to try our best to save that old team until the end of the tournament. The problem is like all the matches where we're going to need all those old guys are all back to back to back. We're going to play Serbia, Slovenia, Japan, back to back to back in three days. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure if we can survive that with playing all the same guys, all three days. We're going to need to start Jeski, DeFalco and Russell interchangeably. We're going to need to interchange the middles. My, the one thing I'm worried about is the opposite. Can Matt Anderson play all three of those games and be good? That is a lot of volleyball in three days for a guy that's age 36. And I'm, uh, that's the one thing I'm a little bit concerned about. But I, I love this draw for the U.S. The bottom of this pool is so easy. And I, and I do think that Turkey is really beatable. And even like the middle teams, uh, Slovenia is good. Serbia is declining. And uh, I, I think that we can beat those two teams. And I'm just very excited to see how we match up against Japan. Japan is a team that's been playing. They've had an amazing summer. Like meddling at VNL was huge. We didn't play them at all this entire summer. I'm fascinated just to see how that's going to go. The U.S. will get a bid in this pool, and I think that I think that Japan will too. I, I, I think that it's those top two teams right there. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. Um, if I'm the USA, like the thing is, Rob, is that when you look at this American team, there's so much depth oh, yeah. on this team. Um, I think you need to stop your crusade against Jake Haynes because I think 
he's 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 answered the bell and, and, and a few different times. Well, that's the thing. I, so Jake Haynes, by by the way, the U.S. is already over in Japan. They brought yes. 16 guys. So they, they brought three opposites. They brought Anderson, Jake Haynes, and Kyle and Ensing. And, and, and okay. And they brought three setters. They brought Christensen, Ma'a, and two Inigos. And uh, so they're going to have to cut that down to 14. So they're going to have to choose between Haynes and Ensing. I'm not sure who they're going to pick. I also but think, I think they brought D'Agostino as well. They did. They brought D'Agostino instead of McIntosh at second libero. So Jake Haynes or Kyle Ensing can absolutely beat Tunisia, Egypt, and Finland. And they should. I, I expect Sparat to start those guys against Tunisia, Egypt, and Finland, and whoever that second opposite is can absolutely beat those three teams. I have. Bro, faith. they could even probably beat Turkey. Come on, Turkey. What's happened to you guys? Maybe. You guys... I'm still a little bit worried about Turkey because we they, they took us to five in the World Championship last year, and I know yeah, Sparat, but they were good last year. They were good last year. They're they're much worse now, but uh, I'm. I, I have seen enough. I've definitely seen enough from Jake Haynes this summer that I absolutely have faith in him to beat Tunisia, Egypt, and Finland. And I think, like for for him and Mike Amaa, in terms of being the starting setter for a couple games, maybe D'Agostino, and then Garrett Mongatutia. The, Garrett Garrett's job is to start those three games and then come off the bench and serve the rest of the matches, which he did in Orsica and was and he was amazing. Jake Haynes, his job or the backup opposite, their job is to beat Tunisia, Egypt, and Finland. And I absolutely think that that our backup opposite can do that 100%, regardless of who it is. So I'm I'm very confident that we will start this tournament 4-0. Very, also, very confident. Also, too, Rob, let's 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 be honest, though. The U.S. is not a right side dominant team anymore. Not anymore. Right? Like when when you look at not like, Clay Stanley, like, it's not. But even it's not like it's not even like Matt Anderson just a few years ago. Right, the the majority of the output from this team comes from the left side. You have three world class left sides on That's this right. team, and it's also how like this is like this is a, a a team, and it's how they run together. Like they have some of the best middles in the world. You go one through four, four of them. you can throw any of them in. It really doesn't matter. Which they will, and they yeah. have, and they will, and it's that's why that's why I'm so confident in every area except maybe Matt Anderson playing three matches in a row against three other really good teams. But I, like I said, I, I really have a lot of faith in this American team to get a bid in this pool. I, yeah. I'm just, I just love, love the way that we've played this summer. Yeah. Past that, I think Slovenia is, is a good story and they're a good team. I don't think they beat Japan. Um, I think Japan has been playing too good this year to get, oh, like like Japan needs to, is a team that really needs to get overpowered. Whereas, and I don't think Slovenia can necessarily do that to Japan. I think Japan can really like get them off their game from, from the baseline. Japan, I um, think, beat Slovenia with kind of a B team in VNL this summer, if I remember right. Uh, I, I agree with you. Japan's a hard matchup. Uh, J- Japan's a very difficult team to beat for anybody, but you've got to be really, really physical and really, really good in serve and, serve and pass to, to beat Japan. I think the U.S. is the team in this pool that matches up the best. Yeah, uh, Slovenia did get three down by Japan in the quarterfinals. Yeah, so that, that, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about the playoff match. Yeah, of course. So they didn't play each other in pool play, but uh, they did get three down by Japan in the quarterfinals. And then Serbia, I, I don't really see it. Serbia is just not Serbia anymore. Not let's, anymore. Let's, let's be honest. They they're going through a a, a, a rebuilding phase. Kujundžić and Perry Pavlic, like those guys, are really really good. But this is this is a rebuilding team right now for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's Serbia with basically no setter and no libero. I don't really have a lot of faith in. And yeah, Gregor Ropret, the Slovenian starting setter, got hurt in Eurovolley. He's out. 
I think they're bringing Dayon Vincic out of retirement to be the setter of this tournament, and then that's a step back. Ropret's definitely the 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 better of the two. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Slovenia, and so yeah, I've I've got I've got Japan in the USA in this pool, especially with Japan with Miura and Nishida the two on the right side. You have a little bit of depth there. I'm interested to see who they're going to be able to bring out on the left side past Ishikawa and Ran. But I mean, this is Japan, right? They're one of the best volleyball countries in the world. So and they're, they're playing at home, and 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 they're playing at home, which they're always fantastic at. Some of the best best fans in the world, unlike those Chinese fans that <laughs> it looked like they were like being told. I I know, I remember like leading up to the 2008 Beijing Olympics, there were stories about how China would bus fans in prior to games and do practice games where they were the fans were taught how to cheer. Um, so I honestly looked something similar to that. It was it was a weird vibe for those those Chinese games, that's for sure. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna be getting to watch more volleyball in China. We've got China hosting the pool that Everett's Canadian team is in. Just so, me now. so yeah, more this, late nights. <laughs> tough for Canada. Canada did get the easiest host because China is by far the worst team of the three teams that are hosting. Oh yeah, but you have a very difficult schedule because your Canada is a five seed. Um, not not that they're the fifth best team, I'd say you're the fourth, maybe third best team, but just the way that it shook out, giving China the one seed, like you're gonna have you're gonna have to play Poland, Argentina, the Netherlands, and China in your first four days, and so very similar to the schedule that the women just had, yeah. China, okay, whatever, like easy, easy, easy. That's that's not the thing, easy. Um, so officially, I'm picking Poland and Canada for this group, officially. (laughs) However, there there may be a little uh, on our show notes. If Rob, if I, I, that, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> there, there may be a little parentheses beside Canada in the sense that I think Argentina's playing some really really good volleyball right Argentina's now. Argentina's amazing. And if there was one team that we didn't, that Canada didn't want to be playing some really good volleyball right now because we do terribly against them, it's Argentina. So. That is going to be really tough here for the Maple Volleys. Now, we did see a rejuvenated Maple Volleys at the Norseka Championships. I think they looked we, awesome. I think we can both agree that with that. We didn't really see Eric Lepke at his best. However, talking to some of the guys, talking to some of the coaching staff, it sounds like he's back. He's, he's good to go. and he's, he's, he's ripping it. So there's that. But this is a tough a tough pool like Netherlands. That's a toss-up match. It it truly is. I think that's two teams. And who that's are, who you play first. That's, so you've yeah, got that's, that's Netherlands, the first, first then match. Argentina, then Poland, then China. And honestly, I think that schedule is kind of good because because uh, because we we have the three games in three days against the 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 the, the, lesser, teams. the lesser teams. Absolutely, you, you have a day off before you play Poland, and you can kind of react to what had happened. I I think Smith. we play the bench against Poland. I think we 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 throw the bench out again mm. there against Poland. That that depends. I, I think if you're like if you go two and zero somehow against Netherlands and Argentina, then you absolutely play the bench against Poland. But uh, the this the way this pool is going to go, you cannot lose two matches. If you lose two matches in this pool, you're dead. Done. Absolutely, you're dead. Hundred percent. So if, if 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 Canada were to lose to Netherlands or Argentina in the first two days, you have no choice but to try and upset Poland. Yeah, which is if there's one team that's going to go potentially seven zero in this tournament, it's Poland. It's Poland. They're Absolutely. they're unbelievable. Yeah, and, and, and if there's they, one team that has the depth to go seven and zero in this tournament, it's Poland. It, it's obviously Poland. 
Uh, yeah, they're they're incredible at every single position on the roster except second setter, and they're not going to really need Womach very much. Yeah. Well, they could they could play him against the bad teams and be fine. So, uh, P- Poland's going to win this pool. I think they're going to go seven and zero as well. And Everett, as as I'm, I don't have the the obligation to pick Canada, but I'm also I do love I absolutely love the Canadian team. They're my second favorite national team in the world, but I have no choice but to buy into how well Argentina has been playing. I have no choice. That team I mean, is so good. I have good. no choice right now, Rob. That, like, it's, it's how, do you, how do you argue against that, that Argentinian team And right guess now? what Argentina now has compared Fuc- to VNL? Facundo Conte! Facundo friggin' Conte! That, Just a, one of the best players ever to play volleyball in his country. Incredible. So they, they have, they're, they're bringing five outside hitters. Listen to this outside group. Conte... Polonski, Vicentin, Armoa, who's one of the best young prospects in the world, and Jan Martinez, who comes off the bench, plays backcourt, and plays a great role. They have DiCecco. They have two great opposites. They have one of the best middles in the world in Loser, and they have and they have Danani at Lapera. Like, come on, like that 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 team is incredible. I'm I'm just excited to. I'm at the point where I just get excited to watch Argentina games. Argentina, like it's. I love watching Argentina play. I love watching Japan play. Yeah. They just both play so purely, and it, 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 it's killing me right now, Rob, because I this don't want to like them. This is a hard pool, dude. This is a, Other than China, who's a doormat as far as hosts go, this is a very hard pool, and Canada's going to get their three hardest matches in the first three days. Yeah. So that I sucks. Mean, yeah, that, that does suck. I, wouldn't, I would say that it's probably maybe the easiest pool. No, pool um, B. Pool B is the easiest pool. Like the the I re, I really think that the U.S. get the got the best possible draw. Like Tunisia, Egypt, and Finland are so bad. Like Mexico at, at full yeah, I would pick Bulgaria. Argentina. I would at, pick Argentina over Slovenia. I'd pick Netherlands over Serbia. You're right for yeah, sure. You're right, you're right. Yeah, I think I think Pool B is the easiest. I think Pool C might be the hardest. It might. That, oh, or pool a pool a there's a lot of parody over pool there a, so. yeah pool a i think has the most parody pool c is super hard like and the netherlands are going to be a factor too remember like the netherlands and argentina every time they play it goes five we we, we, were, we saw that match happen at vnl in ottawa this year it went five sure enough those two teams go back and forth a lot um they're going to play like later on in, in the week and it's going to be sweet so uh I, I I have to pick Poland and Argentina. I'm I, I'm sorry to to our Canadian friends watching and probably the players. I I love you guys. Argentina is so good, dude. They're 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 really really good. I'm, oh, I'm trust me, I'm well aware. I'm I I've known how good Argentina is for a number of years <laughs> now. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking of all the different time Argentina has beaten us in the past decade. Right now, it's just there's flat. a lot. It's it's like a horror movie, like when it flashes before your eyes before you die. It's like that, but a horror movie. There's a lot. Um, I'm also excited to see Mexico versus Bulgaria, the Me rematch. Too. Um, because you know what? I want to see the real Mexican team. I've been watching yeah, too much crap seriously. Mexican volleyball the past month. I want to see good Mexico. Yeah, it's it's about time. It's about time we see yeah. good Mexico. Give me Diego Gonzalez. Give me like yeah, give me real Mexico. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing that. So that's our picks. Yes, we we we've written them down. We have them on the record. I've got Italy, Brazil, Japan, the U.S., Poland, and Argentina. Everett has Italy, Cuba, Japan, the U.S., Poland, and Canada on the record. Argentina. <laughs> just, let's just slide Argentina in there like a little bit, you know? You've got Canada on the record. Let's, let's make it one of those gag $20 bills when you like, oh, look, it's Canada. Then you open up, oh, it's Argentina. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's it. Uh, this all starts on Saturday. It's the exact same format. Everett, I think we should do a show next like Wednesday or Thursday, kind of like we did last week, where after the first four matches where we catch up and preview like the, the bangers that are to come the rest of the week. So Okay, yeah, let's let's see what's up. We'll, we'll check the schedule. We'll, we'll, we'll what's going on. figure it out for uh, for next week's show. But before we, before we get out of here, I guess we should at least acknowledge that the United States B team won the Pan American Cup final six for whatever it's worth. We easily beat Canada in the final in Edmonton. Whatever. I, mean, I, don't, I don't really care about this. I'm, I'm Especially, ha- I wouldn't care with that. Like, I think it's a mistake for the roster that the USA brought. Like, I honestly, agree, even though it, we won. It, yeah, you won, but at what cost? Like, and we talked about it last like, week. There's, there's nothing really to say here. Like, re- realistically, like, you've got guys who, are, who have played Champions League matches and who are going to play in European con- con- competitions professionally this year, whereas the Canadian team. All of those guys have midterms in a couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> like I, I will say there was a few. I think Andrew Rowan is the fucking truth. Sorry for swearing. He's um, good. He's that really good. Dude, he's the best American setter since Micah. He's 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 the best American setter since Micah. Even though I agree with that, I've been trying not to say it on the record because I want the kid to just like have a good college career and not feel like the pressure to take over one of the best setters. Uh, of all I can time, say but I you can say it. it. You can say it. Uh, right? Yeah, and, Rowan's really good. He's really good. The fact that he's got. Spra as his university coach too like yeah that's crazy but like at the end of the day why is Ewer and Marshman and Niggy and uh Jalen Penrose and Pat Gassman on this team yeah let, let, let them go let them go overseas let, let them go overseas pack this team with university guys especially in the NCAA like U sports competition starts in like a month NCAA right. doesn't start until the new year right right, right. You know, like the Charleston men's team just finished their beach volleyball portion of the season. <laughs> you don't need you don't need the professionals team USA. You just no. don't. It didn't. Whatever. We won the tournament. <clears throat> I don't care. <laughs> I'm an American fan. I don't care about that. So there is yeah. the, the only there is only one more event for the entire national team season ever. And it's men's Olympic qualifiers. So that's it. And then we're right back into the club game, of course, because there's no breaks in the volleyball I, calendar. I will say, though, big ups to Edmonton. Actually, it looked like some decent crowds, both Saturday night or Friday night, Canada versus USA, and then uh, Sunday night, the finals. Like a few thousand people there. Love to Good. see it. Good Love to see it. All right, people, that's a show. Uh, enjoy men's Olympic qualifiers. Get in the Volleyball Source Discord to follow along with everyone else who's going to be watching. Uh, we will be back at some point next week, probably Wednesday or Thursday, to talk about what's been going on in the tournament. And uh, yeah, it's been been a good national team summer, and we got basically one, maybe two more episodes to talk about it. All right, um, make sure remember to like this video. Make sure to join the Volleyball Source Discord. Remember to tell us where Daddy is, and of course, head over to that Volleyball Store and use the code Spicy for fifteen percent off your entire order. All right, thanks for watching, people. Peace.